DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and he joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. David, good morning. Thank you very much for your time yesterday. I enjoyed it. That was fun. That was fun. I have no idea how many people were watching that, but whatever. It was us and... Hard to tell. Yeah. I tried to figure it out last night, but it was on five different formats, so it's hard to tell. And yeah. Periscope's numbers are always really high, so I can't tell if they're really true. So I am curious. You had uh, you had some time uh, in isolation, some downtime. Did you give up on the NBA and crunching numbers, or or no? You're still trying to learn no, about the no, NBA I even still, when it's not I playing. I still played around, tried to find fun little tidbits and Look, the other day I was checking who the best defenders on drives were in the NBA, and then I was looking who the best defenders on isolation were, trying to see if I could figure out who the best on out open floor defender is using metrics. Didn't figure. I found out Gary Harris is much better than I thought, at least statistically. Rudy Gobert's like in the top five on drives, by the way. Like all those times somebody backs out Rudy and tries to beat him, they never do. Or they very rarely do. Um so, yeah, I was trying to just figure out, like, I don't know, just plans. I don't see if I get smarter somehow. Well, I think the question for me, David, is do you think that the Jazz should get Rudy Gobert the ball more? <laughs> um, I think the league is – I'm going to just take it seriously because I'm so excited to talk basketball. I don't want to lose this opportunity, so I'm just going to take you seriously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, um, so it backfired. Uh, the league has really changed. Uh, the priority of the best defenses in the league are to deny the rim, and they've become much more successful at that or you know, subtly more successful a shot or two a game than – uh, they used to be. Now, if you actually look at Rudy's numbers, he still leads the league in dunks. He still leads the league, I think, in in you know high rate of shots in that in that area, or percentage of his shots in that area. He leads the league. So um, the Jazz are still doing as good a job as they can. But there's an idiom in the league that you uh, the defenses dictate how many shots are taken at the rim, and offenses dictate how many threes are taken. And that's kind of where you know I think the league has gone that they're denying they you know. Quinn broke the league a little bit with that high pass, and I think everyone decided that they probably shouldn't allow five dunks a game. We were talking with uh, Tim Lacombe about uh, Matt Van Comen transferring a Pleasant Grove high kid who went to the U for a year, and now he's going to transfer, and he's 7'4". And, you know, where might he go? And Tim said, well, somewhere with an older coach. And they're like, oh, why is that? And he says, well, because the older coaches are still using four out and one in. And he says, it's not, you, you can't just say it's the older coach. But, he says, but largely the trend is the younger coaches are more likely to go five out. And we're seeing more of that, but mostly with the younger guys and not so much the older guys. In the NBA, how far are we away from everybody going five out all the time? I mean, that sounds extreme and over the top, but we see how this is trending. So what's it's, but it's really being dictated by defenses. That's what I think people are, at least the way I view it, is it's being dictated by the defense. So Milwaukee has decided this year that they're in the last two years they've allowed thirty percent of the shots at the rim last year and twenty nine percent of the shots at the rim this year. That's a, it's a crazy low number. So they they're just going to put Giannis and Brooke Lopez at the rim and deny you the ability to get to the rim. Well, the, really, your own. If they really commit to that, which they have, then it's really hard to get. So you're, now your choices are you're not getting the shot at the rim the way you want to, 
So now your choices are whether or not you play in the half court, you play a mid-range jumper or a three. And it's the math is so bad on the mid-range jumper in that circumstance that you then are take you need to take 50, 60 threes to combat that defense. And the way you do it is by having, you know, every single guy on the roster be able to shoot 36 or better from three. You know, we're interestingly enough, we're probably the worst matchup for Milwaukee because Rudy test them at the rim a little bit and then every single one of our guys shoots 38 percent or better on catch and shoot threes and they're going to give up they would give up that catch and shoot three because of the fact that that's their their defensive scheme um and so you were heading that direction because if you can't get to the rim then you got to shoot a three now what the the flip side of this is that you know how do you defend the rim um toronto's doing it really really well um, without, you know, a big center per se. Serge Ibaka's, you know, pretty long, and Marc Gasol, when he plays, plays kind of that lumbering spot. But they've been doing it without Gasol for most of the year. Um, Miami does it pretty well um, with Bam Adebayo, who's 6'9". I mean, I think that's going to be the question, is how do you still continue to defend the rim if you're trying to play five out? I think the question for me is, how could you let Ron Boone carry his own golf clubs and golf bag for 18 holes? Why didn't you carry it for him? Uh, uh, because Ron Boone is a stubborn, stubborn sucker who would not um, <laughs> take a push cart. Oh, he wouldn't? <laughs> no, my daughter had one and offered to start the round. Like, would you oh, like my push cart? Yeah. I can carry. He wouldn't do it. And then I offered and he wouldn't do it. Okay. No, well, the backstory, he wouldn't do it. We like saw he, them out on the golf course walking the other day. Yes. I love that new rule, by the way. I love that. I think that they should adapt. The, I think they should make all golf holes now play with the cup up an inch, and you just putt to it. I, it was fascinating to me on so many levels. One, I thought it increased pace of play. Um, yes. Two, everyone's scores were lower. Three, yes. I think somehow putting into a hole makes you putt it too hard. And so yes. you run, you end up running, you know, two or three putts a day by the hole too far, whereas nobody putted long all day long with the with the cup up. Like there's a psychology to something, and um, it might be no differently than like when you're trying to get a shooter to shoot over the front of the rim. So you put a broom there, and they shoot over the rim. The minute you drop the broom, they you know they suddenly hit to the front of the cup, the front of the rim again. I don't know, but there was something to it. I kind of liked it. Pretty, well, I, I scored really well, so that's why I really liked it. But um, yeah. Has it occurred to you maybe you were just hot that day and that, you know, it's too small a sample size here? You're jumping to conclusions? No. <laughs> okay. There's definitely something to it. I think there is. I think what he's saying, DJ, is correct because we saw them out on the golf course before they closed them, obviously, and I felt the same way with that cup being up a little bit. Yeah, I, I felt... And, and, I also felt it gave me a sense of confidence that I didn't have before. Yeah. And, and I was worried about stuff. And now it took, and as you know, having played golf a number of times yourself, the more you could take your mind out of it and not overthink it, the better you are. And and the putting was, you just you, you just had to hit it, man. There's, there, there was nothing to be thinking about. Just hit the ball. And it made me hit the ball. My stroke on the ball, my putting, was much better. I I ended up, I had, uh, I think I had a 75 that day. Yeah. Wow. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Nice. And you guys were at at Bonneville, right? Yeah, right before they closed it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. You would have, you would have lost you would have lost by one to one of my playing partners. Just so you know. Booner shot a seventy four, oh, huh? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> yeah, but I agree with what you say there as far as the putting. Well, I think there's something too. You're just like it seems so easy, right? You just like if I told you to putt the ball and hit the wall, you'd be like, okay, sure, no problem. Like you're hitting this thing that's off above the ground, so it just seemed really natural. Your point of confidence is 100%. I hadn't thought of it that way. But you're absolutely right. You're like, how easy is this? Like, oh, I'm just trying to hit a thing that's, like, poking out of the ground. You think you could do it every single time. Whereas, yes. like, trying to actually put it in the hole somehow seems very psychologically different. And now, how do you – I was acting I mean, as a dad of a golfer. I was trying to figure out drills that, like, we could play – we could do that would gain that confidence into her putting stroke so that when – you know, she's playing in a tournament in the holes the other way that she had that. I had, didn't, couldn't quite figure it out, but it was, in, it was a concept at least. So golf closes, golf courses are closed here. You're in Summit County, uh, so now it's a lockdown there, huh? Yeah, I can't quite figure out all the rules here. Like, So here's the really important question. Pretty Bird is open today for grab-and-go. Can I drive down from Summit County and get Pretty Bird and drive home? I have no idea. I don't. I don't know how. Neither do I. Yeah. But like these are the like pretty bird is the definitely the item that you know is going to push us over the top. Well, I would say do it. See what happens. Well, I mean, I'm not going to get arrested. I'm just trying to be. I'm pretty certain no one's like going to stop me on my way out and ask me where I'm going. And then if if he does, I'll say you know want a pretty bird, and they'd say that's fine, obviously. But um, no, I mean, I'm just trying to. I really don't know some of the rules. Like I'm, I'm trying to read the bylaw. I'm just trying to do the right thing for the fellow citizens. I mean, we have we have one of the highest rates per capita of COVID nineteen of any of any county in the country, in the world. So let's and we have an older population, and we are pretty prime here in Summit County with all the people that came in from out of from different parts of the world before they shut it down, and we have all the second homeowners that are flooding out of their cities that are rampant with COVID-19 and deciding to come here and probably bring it with them. So I understand what they're doing. I'm hundred percent behind it. I'm just trying to, I just am just curious on what, what I'm allowed and not allowed to I don't quite get it. Well, I would think I'm, that they're not I'm dense. I need them to like lay it out for me. <laughs> I would think that they're not closing interstate 80 or us 40 through right. town. Right. So if you're in your car, you're not a public health risk to anyone, I would think. So if you're just in your garage and you get on drive and you get on the freeway and go to Salt Lake, I wouldn't think that that's an issue. But I don't have any idea because I'm like you. I don't. This is the first time I've ever heard of this. So I don't have anything to go on as far as what right. the rules are. Right. I mean, it sounds like Salt Lake's pretty close to in the next 24 to 48 hours being on some sort of lockdown, just depending on whether it's going to be listening to Aaron Mendenhall's Twitter last night. But it's either going to be, you know, unified with the county and the state or it's not. And um, she's trying to have it be a unified stance. And if they're not going to do it, then it sounds like she's on the verge of something. How much time do you think these guys are going to need whenever we get back as far as a form of a mini training camp? That's a. Um, someone said to me, "Who knows better than I do?" They're, they're going to need four weeks. Now that doesn't mean four weeks of training camp, but they're going to need to know if they're starting on July first. They're going to need to know by June first. So it might be two weeks of training camp or seventeen days of training camp, but they, they're they're going to need a, a month to know beforehand to start to get their bodies close. Um, which seemed little to me, but 
I mean, I don't think we have a lot of time. So that seems better than, than I thought the answer might be. Any idea how that'll be broken uh, down? I mean, like two weeks of like a mini camp, they're just scrimmaging, it's just them? I, or- I just don't. I mean, it's just so unprecedented. I have no idea. And, you know, I almost wonder whether or not it's, you know, the first two or three days you're just back out on the basketball floor and then you actually just play a scrimmage every other day for like five days. I don't have any idea. Like, You've got to ramp the, the – I do understand this from talking to Mike Elliott in years past about some other issues. You know, that you have this peak performance and you have this load level, and it, you, you actually want to – like a lot of trainers and people believe that if we actually just played every other day, the injuries would be down. Like you just would get into a pattern and your body would get used to it. So there's some level where you want to try to get these guys' body used to, you know, really playing um, and – that, you know, you probably don't need to run through your playbook again. I would assume they still remember that. And they, I mean, they probably have to be reminded a little bit, but it's not quite training camp, right, with new teams, members. So maybe that's what it is, is that you're doing something in a sense of you're, you know, coming out the first few days and getting yourself ready and starting to get it up to peak level. And then once you get it to peak level, you just want to play every other day so that you stay there. But I don't know how long it takes to get to that point. He's David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and a guy who's ready to change the game of golf as we know it. David, thanks. I have a re- I have a really really important question, DJ, and I think you're the only person that can answer this question for me. Oh yeah. I'm doing what everybody else is doing and cleaning my office, which is a total pigsty because I like chaos. And I have the basketball official NBA guides, generally the sporting news guides, for every like NBA year. And I have, like, every pro basketball forecast and every pro football forecast. Those are stats books. I'll keep those. Someone, there might be something. But, like, the old NBA guide registers and the old NBA guides, do I, do I have – is it time to get rid of those with this thing called the Internet around and that you'll never look at those ever again? I think that you build a bookshelf behind you and put them on so that when you're doing stuff from home, you look really smart. I don't think you need them so much for the info that's in them. I think basically they become the set for the TV studio that is your office. Yeah, I got views, so I don't have that. (laughs) Well, find an interior wall and spin the desk around. All right. Thanks, David. You're always one step ahead, though. I'm impressed with your answers.